movies by minutes. Project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy, Pilgrim, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Jeff Ferry from the Jay and Silent Bob Minute Podcast. And I'm Chris Derkutch from the Jay and Silent Bob Minute Podcast. I, I, I'm not sure if I like that one. That one was a little... Uh... <laughs> I kind of lost it after like the first sentence. I, I, I just, thought maybe we didn't have we didn't have anything to talk about, so you're just going to make the uh, intro drag on for like 15 I, minutes. I tried, I tried, and then I fell apart, and then I was like, I'll just go slower. <laughs> Let me pause here for a while. Well, listen, if you never watched John Wayne, he was a fan of pausing where there was no need to pause. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he made no bones slow, about it. Very slow. He, he used to tell other actors, he's like, if you pause in the middle of sentences and not at the beginning or end, they can't cut away from you. And I remember one of the other, oh. I think it was Bruce Stern, actually, from uh, The Burbs Minute, our other podcast, who said, no, no, they don't cut away from you because you're John Wayne. <laughs> right. Like, They're going to the cut away from me if I pause. Yeah. Right. That's why he would say things like, he almost had like those Shatner things of like, we need to go over there. Like, <laughs> he needed that extra half a second of screen time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Apparently. All right. So we're on minute 53, and uh, we're officially getting too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure is a joke that zero other uh, podcast teams have used. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It's impossible not to. Yeah. I mean, he well, does show up in... Uh, uh, Danny Glover does show up in Maverick for like a minute and a half with his old buddy Mel Gibson. Does he? Yeah, a little cameo role. He robs him. Huh. I remember that. You know, of course you don't. You don't remember anything. <laughs> it was probably after minute 90, uh, uh, minute 90 and I was like, I said, I'm out. You can't remember I'm checking out. because Danny Glover <laughs> didn't have a hole in his pocket. <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to remember that either, okay? (laughs) All right, so we hit a lot. I mean, starting off right in the the beginning, we hit a lot of tropes at the beginning. Man riding into open area, herd of cows that just randomly standing around, Um, burnout, stone slash log cabin, um, followed by someone finding like a locket inside of it, which is also done quite a bit. But again, this is one of those movies that like, it's very... I hate to, it seems like I'm trivializing it by saying it's like paint by numbers. But the thing is, you can paint by numbers and make an awesome picture. Yeah, yeah. They they did follow the the same, you know, the same script, but they did it perfectly. They did it right. Yeah. I feel like I could hand the same script to another set of, or to a different producer slash director. He hires different actors and you have a terrible movie because yeah. you don't have the same cinematography. You're not in the same locations. You don't have the same actors. Even with the, I mean, if you just downgrade every, downgrade, you know, one third of your cast, and this may not work. Right. Well, they're all pros. Yeah, I, I mean, know they're all, I know they're all pros, but like, and some of them are famous at the time. Right. Like pretty famous. Like Kevin Klein is pretty famous at this point, and like we said, Scott Lane, pretty famous. But I mean, maybe some of the, the the real old heads in the group can argue with me. I maybe Kevin Klein, but was anybody considered an A level? None of them were superstars commanding big salaries at the time either. Right. I'm That's sure if I look up in 1986 who's commit the 10 biggest salary earners, it's none of the people in this movie. What, what year was 86? Is that what you yeah. said it was? Wow. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. Like Kevin Klein and Scott Glenn, I would think, are the only ones that are household names. 
like Brian Dennehy, he's a character actor. And Danny Glover at this point, more more of a character actor. Right. Even, like I said, Kevin Costner hasn't broken big yet because he hasn't had his big movies. All right, they've so all I had Googled, like. What are you trying to figure out? <laughs> what are you trying to figure out? I, I Googled just. I, go, I just Googled the, ten, the top 10 highest grossing stars in 1986. And what, you want to hear them? <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, number one, Steve Gutenberg. What? Oh, my That's God. What it says, 1986. I could have taken 100 guesses and not gotten that. I guess because the police academy. Hey, $81 million in the police academy in 1984. Cocoon, what? 76. Yep. Cocoon, $76 million, it says. I guess that's what the gross well, Okay, is. wait, wait. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, stop. So you're, okay. This grossing. is not what the money they made. Grossing. They're, 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 in the movies, grossing they're in the movies that are in the highest grossing. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, one of my valves in my heart had shut down when I thought you told <laughs> me that Steve Gutenberg made $81 million. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two makes sense. Tom Hanks. Yeah, but this is just saying who was in. I mean, Silverado didn't make enough money to be on this list. Right, right. No, but I mean, and just stars in general for '86. It says Chevy Chase. Yeah, you're right. And then it does. It stops giving you pictures because apparently after Chevy Chase, it don't matter. (laughs) They were like Kathleen Turner. If you're below, if if you're below on this, if you're below Chevy Chase on this list, you shouldn't care. (laughs) Clint Eastwood, number six. Sylvester Stallone, number five. Number seven, Chuck Norris. Number eight, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ugh. Number nine, Robert Redford, and number ten was John Candy. Wow. Well, yeah, because he probably had a couple movies that year. I tried to look yeah. up, you know, what actors were highest paid, but like that, those lists don't go back far enough. The, uh, I know that's what I'm I got. I got the up. highest grossing when I tried to look that up. So, all right. So, all right. I, then I tried to look up who actually made the most money. Did anyone? I'll put it this way: Do you think anyone has actually made more than eighty-one million dollars on one movie? Um. I don't know. They paid them Marvel guys a lot of money. <laughs> no, right, now, I don't remember, think $81 you can get it. I'll tell you right now, nobody's ever got a salary that high. No, never. I don't think so. But some guys get points on the back end. Okay. And I'm only going with, I'll only say what's confirmed because there's some possibles in there too. Right. So do you have any guesses of anyone that could have made over $81 million in a movie? Um, Kevin Smith from Mallrats. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Make a serious guess before I got to come through and slap you, you in the face. Robert Listen, Downey Jr., Iron Man. No, he's not on there in any individual film, but I will tell you this. He's listed right below $81 million three really? times. Oh, Avengers wow. Endgame, $75 million. Avengers Infinity War, $75 million confirmed, but possibly more. Iron Man 3, $75 million. Wow. So he made $225 million in those three movies. Just wow. All right. So I will tell you, there's one, two, three, four, five um, listed above that. Only four actors because somebody's on there twice. Hmm. Just just name the biggest actors in the world and you'll get it. You'll get a couple of them. Mm, I don't know. The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. <sighs> no. No. Of all time, man. Of all, t- of, of all time, oh, the last 30 oh, years. You, you do this to me all the time. That, that, you know what happens? I, I can't think once you start. I know. That's why I do it. It's fun for me. <laughs> I don't know. Eddie Murphy. No. He was a big actor at one no. time. No. Like he was big <laughs> at one time. <laughs> um, Kevin Costner. No. <laughs> this is why everyone out there is naming at least one of the people that's on this list. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Just because he was on that other Chevy list. Chevy Chase. What's Steve wrong with Gutenberg. you? Steve Gutenberg. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Here's people who are on it that are not as high as the people I'm going to list. 
Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz, Johnny Depp, Jack Nicholson, Harrison Ford. These are heavy hitters, man. These are not Chevy Chase. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. All right. I'll, I'll name it. Everyone out there wants to blow their brains out right now. All right. Will Smith, Men in Black 3, 100 million. See, Tom I don't Cruise. think of him as a big actor. You know that? Yeah, all right. He's never been in a, in a huge film. He just like owned Summer for like 10 years straight. You're an idiot. I just don't like uh, Tom Cruise, War of the Worlds, $100 million. Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible 2, $100 million. I never <laughs> saw Mission Impossible. <laughs> what? Any of them? I'm, none of them. Not one Mission They're Impossible. all really good, yeah. but Mission Impossible 2 is the worst one, and he made $100 million really? on it. So I'm sure well, it's got a special place in Tom's heart. Bruce Willis, <laughs> The Sixth Sense, $100 million. He must have had points on it to get him in the movie. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves, which this is kind of a fake out. They have Matrix Reloaded Revolutions together. Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> He made $156 million on those two crappy movies. Uh, can I tell you something else? I never saw the Matrix movies either. Oh, my God. How do I podcast with you? I don't know. Have you even seen Silverado, you idiot? Uh, just today. I finished it up. All right. Uh, we're done here. All right. So Danny Glover finds the, uh, the thing in the, uh, in the rubble of where his family used to live because he's now... He doesn't say exactly how long it's been. It's just that it took months for them to, the letter to even find him. Yeah. And then God knows how long for him to get from, to, from Chicago to out here. So my estimate is like at least six to nine months has gone by. Since his since this happened? No, no, no. His mom That's sent him a letter to come out there. Ah, so this is, okay. this looks like it's been two days. Right. Well, no, the, but the it, dad does say it's been he's been hiding up there for a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, the mom's gone. But this is another one of those where... Somebody sneaks up on somebody else and gets within, like, four feet of them with a rifle, and only then do they notice they're there. Right. Like, there is nothing going on. You don't hear this person approaching you. Well, I guess when there's animals always running around, you just don't even pay attention. I mean, I guess, but these people are supposed to be, like, we're going to find out later these people are all, you know, basically, like, Navy SEALs of the cowboy world. (laughs) True, true. So you think you'd have some honed senses for some dude sneaking up on you. When he sees them, he's not even still walking. He's already standing there. Yeah. Well, maybe he taught him how to be stealthy like that. I guess. <laughs> Son, you remember all your ninja training? <laughs> yeah, so the He's dad basically says, I didn't think you'd ever come back here. Which is like, like, is he like, I'm glad you're back? Or like, it would have been better if he came back like two weeks ago. Yeah, he's like, well, thanks a lot now. It's a little late. Thanks for nothing, kid. Well, yeah, because he finds out the mom's gone and the sister is, you know, gone. Yeah, but, uh, in another way. She's, she's gone, but she's not she's gone. She's gone to town. Um, <laughs> don't take your guns to town. Um, what was I going to say? He is the best shot in this whole movie, by the way. Danny Glover. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think you were past that scene, right? Because I could talk about it. When he's, I um, think so. When he's shooting at uh, uh, John Cleese. Oh, yeah, it's great. And the, and the one guy's just like... He, he's not hitting anything. He's like he's yeah. hitting everything he's aiming at. <laughs> yeah, he shoots the rock off under the guy's foot. He shoots the body. You know, he shoots his hat off, his and he's like, yeah, like, but your jurisdiction stops all over there." He's like, "Nope, stops here. Bye." <laughs> <laughs> he shoots his hat off. He's like, Again, "I'm going just home." Just shows John Cleese, smartest guy in this movie. He's the only yep. one who, at any point, is just like, eh, "This isn't worth it." Is that is that the last time you see him when he walks Yeah, he's away? done. You never see him again. <laughs> well, somebody shoots your hat off. You just all right. I'm out of here. That's it. I'm but done. again, but you never see that in a movie. In a movie, it's just like, I will hunt this man until the day I die. Instead of just being like, screw this. <laughs> like, yeah. I ain't going near that guy. That guy's going to kill me. That'd be like, you get into a fight with a guy, and he just beats you to like halfway to death. And you're like, 
I'm going to get that guy someday. Instead of being like, <laughs> I'm never going to mess with that guy or cross his path again. <laughs> Especially someone who's like, it's not like somebody you work with. You know, it's right. some like person you could easily avoid. It's some person yeah, eight pounds over in a bar that you never need to go to. Right. Where like in a movie, it'd be like, I'm going to go back there every night. And I'm going to learn all of his techniques. And everybody else would be like, I just won't go back there again. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of turned to Nick, Nicholas Cage there for a second when you were doing that. <laughs> well, I was doing my. <laughs> I'm gonna go around. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, learn all his techniques. Yeah, you said. Yeah, you Nicholas Cage it a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're getting into that, it's all this. <laughs> all right. So his dad is played by Joe Seneca, who I will give a a brief thing on, only because I don't know that he's gonna get talked about much. He's kind of in and out of the movie. I think I rented a Seneca one time. I think it's like a a car. <laughs> Apparently, prior to his illustrious Hollywood and television careers, he was in a top-flight singing group called The Three Riffs. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, thank you for that little <laughs> extra special glimpse into his life. His real name was Joel Seneca McGee. I guess he didn't want to be known as Joel McGee. He liked Joe Seneca better, which is funny because when I saw his name in the credits, yeah. I saw Joe Seneca, and I'm like, oh, there must be a Native American guy in this. They cast a real Native American because Seneca is you know, obviously one of the nations. And I'm right. like, and like, nobody ever showed up. I'm like, did I, did I miss him? Apparently not. He was just this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's been in quite a few things. He was in the Taking with Pelham 123. What which was the people. name of the band he was in? The Three Riffs. Uh, I found the song on Amazon. Let's see. Let's see if I can turn that out. Barbecued ribs. <laughs> Way up town in Harlem, there's a joint called Pete's. Shortly after midnight, where you get your eats. Sing it. It's called it's called barbecued ribs, and it's down in Harlem. There's a place that you get your ribs from. Listen, I have That's heard more awesome. songs. I like it. I like yeah. it. I think I'm going to put that in my uh, playlist. Uh, he was in the Fish That Save Pittsburgh, the Julius Irving classic. He was in the verdict. Julius Irving classic. Yeah, Doctor J. Really? Yeah, Doctor J's in the Fish That Save Pittsburgh. <laughs> Never heard of that, and I didn't know Doctor J was an actor. Uh, he was in the Cosby Show. That's this it. guy was, yeah, yeah. That's why you might want to scrub that off your uh, IMDb. <laughs> why? Why? America's Dad? You want to? <laughs> America's Dad. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> um, let's not go down that road again after yesterday. <laughs> um, he was on an episode of The Golden Girls. I would assume he was probably one of Blanche's boyfriends. Just uh, most of the men were showed up on that show, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here you go. Golden Girls trivia for uh for Chris. Who owned the house they lived in? Um Dorothy, right? No, you are incorrect. No? No. Keep guessing, there's only four of them. <laughs> Is it Blanche? Yep, Blanche owned the house. Oh right, Blanche had all the money from Texas. Yeah, Blanche owned the house. From. They all just lived there. Yeah. They paid her rent. Oh, okay. A little something for everybody out there in Golden Girls land. I, I, I don't know why I know all their names. I'm like, Blanche? No, it wasn't Blanche. It was Dorothy. It, was, it wasn't Sophia. Are you sure it wasn't Sophia? <laughs> Listen, The Golden Girls is one of those movies like, you could, or movies, one of those shows you can pretend and be like, oh, that's, that show was insanely well written and acted. <laughs> I can't think of Betty White's character. Why can't I think of her name? Rose. The rest of them. Rose. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's a show that on paper should not work. <laughs> Or like, like, I don't care about these four old ladies. And then you watch no. it, and you're like, I really care about these four old ladies. You wouldn't think like men would watch it either, but if it's on, I'll sit there and watch it. No I doubt. would too. <laughs> I'll watch any any show where it's four people trashing each other. It doesn't matter. No, it's great. That's one thing where it's like doesn't matter sex, race, ethnicity. I just love people ragging on each other. <laughs> uh, he was on China Beach in the heat of the night. Mo Better Blues. He was in the movie. He was in Doogie Howser. He, uh, he was in Malcolm X. Yeah, he did work. 
He yeah. did like two films a year, basically. Jeez. Up until oh, he's on Sequest, and not even oh god, he's in Sequest when they redid it. Sequest twenty thirty two. Yeah, I don't even know that one. He was in a Time to Kill. That was a pretty decent film. And then ninety seven, his acting credits end, and you don't need to know why. Yeah, no, we don't want to know. <clears throat> Let's just assume oh. that he lived for another one hundred and fifty years. I hope he's still well. <laughs> he passed away in nineteen ninety six. <laughs> but you know, he but it worked dream. right up to his last year, huh? Yeah. Well, he had a movie released after he died, which wow. I think is every actor's dream, right? Like, you have so many movies in the can, they're still releasing stuff after your dad. <laughs> yeah, they're still paying your family. That's right up there with a theater actor who wants to die on stage. Yeah. But, you know, you want to die in the second act so they can just, like, keep going. You don't, you don't want to die in the first act and they replace you with some scrub understudy for the rest of it. Right. Yeah, you want to get the last one in before you go. Yeah, you get up there and you give your, your last little moment of Macbeth and you're just, <laughs> down you go. Well, that's when somebody dies in like the middle of a movie and stuff. That's how they make it big. Like, that's the only reason why that Batman movie was any good with the crappy Joker in it. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I get in trouble for that. I don't know which one you're talking about. You know, oh, you're talking about Dark Knight. Oh, the one everybody likes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The one I got yelled at for the last time. I said I hated it. Oh, you just die in the middle of the movie, and all of a sudden you're a great actor. He didn't die in the middle of it. He died after the movie was done. Well, then they really publicized it a lot, because I thought he died during the filming, but he didn't. You're right. Oh, my God. Well, that movie stinks anyway, so. All right. So, please, feel free to hop in to the Silverado uh, Facebook group and just just crush Chris for his stupid beliefs. Um, by the yeah, way, so I'm on a podcast can you shot up? us where we cover Batman, so. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, there's no podcast out there that cover Batman. There's only, like, six of them. <laughs> yeah, nobody else is covered Batman. We're good. I can't wait till Niall McGallan breaks off a beer bottle in your head. <laughs> That's not even his set of movies. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this movie's a uh, movie. God, I keep saying that. This minute is basically just a setup for what's going to come later. It's just him meeting his dad, and you find out that, um, shockingly, in the Old West, apparently racism still existed. Yeah. I would have thought things were so much better back then. Well, why does it have to be in our minutes? <laughs> 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 Listen, it can't all be Cary Grant with a shirt off. Sometimes you get racism. Oh, come on. <laughs> Why can't everything be as happy as that? <laughs> all right. Do you have anything else? Um, we'll get into this more and how we're going to solve racism in 1867. Actually, it's later than Jan- that, but whatever. In the Jane Silent Bob Minute podcast, we usually pick out people in the in the crowd and talk about them, but all we got here is cows. So. Yeah, look at that cow in the back. Look at that brown one. <laughs> Okay, this is a white one. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work on this movie. I don't Look at know. that one. He's a big old flank steak back there. <laughs> All right, you're done. So, yeah. All right. So, make sure you check out Silverado Podcast on our podcast, Spotify, Google Play, and over at SilveradoMinute.com. Um, where you want to go is the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener Saloon. That's where you can go in there and roast Chris for his dumb views. Um, and you can go over to Silverado MXM on Twitter for some reason. Apparently, Chris has nothing else. That's it. <laughs> Yeehaw! I thought you were going to tell me to say yeehaw again. No, I, no, you are fired from saying yeehaw because you suck. I was going to try it a different way. Watch. How about yee-haw. hee-haw? Can you say hee-haw? Hee-haw. <laughs> hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> you sound like that kid from Pinocchio. Oh, I was trying hee-haw. to get you to sing Dominic the Donkey song. <laughs> no, I don't like that song. It's obnoxious. I know, that's why I wanted to get to say it. <laughs> hee-haw, hee-haw. Hee-haw.